to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you Hello and welcome to On the Front Porch with us, your regular Disney podcast. I'm Tony Pascal. I'm Josh Whitehead, and welcome again. This is, as Tony said, our regular Disney podcast. I want to start this one off, Tony, by uh, clearing something up, some some rumors that I heard of from, from some of our listeners. We apparently don't sound enough alike uh, because some of our listeners don't know that we are brothers. Really? Uh, yeah, because we have two last names. We've got two different last names. I get it. Um, no, no, that's legit. <laughs> but like, also, but you would think we've got the same laugh, you know? I, you would think. Anyway, <laughs> to to quell that one, Tony and I are brothers. But I realized, Tony, that you and I haven't talked about who we are and why we do this show in a really long time, basically since the first episode. So if yeah, this yeah, is somebody's yeah. first time listening, then you know. They don't know shit about us. Yeah, they just know uh, how how funny I am and how uh, how boring you are, and that's it, really. Yeah, that pretty much, and how good at talking about um, uh, like <laughs> social injustice I am, and how funny and hilarious you are. Yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you got it, Tony, but I was sort of like switching the rever- the the roles there yeah, because yeah. I'm hilarious and you're good at talking about social things, and you're I am not good at talking. Funny. Just as a rule. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, Tony, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Okay. So we have different (laughs) last names. uh, Yeah. I took my wife's name. I am married to the wonderful Marie Pascal. Uh, I am a teacher in Dallas. It is my fifth year teaching, and I am having a ball teaching seventh grade math to smallish seventh grade children. Yeah, picture that. I also that. go camping and stuff uh, a lot, and I take kids <laughs> camping sometimes. I want everybody. I want everybody to picture Tony teaching small children. It's, Seventh uh, grade math. It's, it's <laughs> it is something to think about. The things I've seen you do. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely uh, it was it was a switch for me too. I wasn't expecting to be doing it yeah. until I did. That's cool though. I am um. I'm not a teacher, but I do sort of work with kids. I am uh, I work for the Boy Scouts. I'm a district executive for the Boy Scouts in Baltimore, and it is it is a fun experience. It's something that I wanted to do for a while because both Tony and I are Boy Scouts and Eagle Scouts, and I've been in the program since we were like five. So something I sort of pictured myself doing. I think that that pretty much sums up who we are. Tony, we do this show. For yeah, a number I, of I just, reasons. I have a question before you go into why we do our show. The, these sure. people who are our fans who, who don't know that we're brothers, the Mother's Day episode, which happened, do they think that she's your mom or my mom? Tony, I don't think they've listened to the show. Oh, they just started like in the last couple of episodes. Yeah. So oh, man. to those people, hello, go listen to the Mother's Day episode. The Mother's Day episode gives uh, a ton of background on our, our family and the strangeness. So maybe that's a good place to start. Yeah, I would, I would suggest that. That's us. a good place. Yeah. 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 So why we, why we do this show, Tony? Yeah, so Josh and I uh, so Josh and I are huge Disney fans, and we have been for, like, our entire lives, right? Yeah. Uh, 
and like like most kids watch them as kids what kind of set us apart was like we also watched them all through high school and all through college uh we both like were part of this club that i started at nc state called the uh, disney movie club where we met up with like-minded college kids and watched disney movies and talked about them sort of like the way we do now so this is in a in some ways a continuation of that uh sort of building a community of people who like are interested in disney movies as adults and want to talk about like talk about Disney movies in a, like, as a, as literature, basically. Uh, yeah. Talk about movies as, like, uh, as serious works of art. Yeah, sort of like a, like a book club style show. That, yeah. That's sort of what we're going for. And yes, it's funny because some of the things are funny. You know, looking back at movies like uh, Hercules or, or like Aladdin, there's a lot of, I say those ones because those are ones that people often remember. It, those, there's a lot of like continuity errors going back and, and watching them, and you see really funny things that you didn't see before. And I think that's why we do this show now, is, is sort of to acknowledge those weird things that we didn't see as kids. There's a nostalgia thing, but there's also a recognizing it as a an art form. Yeah. Uh, so. And as you could tell in, uh, from our last podcast, we really recognize the art form of... Uh, <laughs> don't look under the bed in every way. <laughs> <laughs> or Darby O'Gill or Black Cauldron, you know, really praising yeah. its art. Uh, <laughs> so those ones, for, for anybody that it is their first episode, if you listen to those ones, we tear those movies apart. Uh, <laughs> and honestly, those are probably the funniest ones to me. So go listen to those ones if you haven't. Those ones are pretty great. I think we should get into talking about some Disney movies. Let's do it. Let's talk about Lilo and Stitch. And we're watching Lilo and Stitch. I do want to preface this by saying this is a comedy adult podcast. So if you have tiny ears, then that's okay. We understand that you have tiny ears. But if you have tiny ears as a child, then you shouldn't be <laughs> listening right now. I think that you should probably work on growing your ears. Drink some milk. Milk helps, I hear. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> but while you're drinking your milk, if you are a child, you should not be listening to this. We are watching Lilo and Stitch 2002, and I have kind of a funny game for you, Tony. Um, All right, let's do it. In, in 2003, a show came out. Uh, oh god about lilo and stitch <laughs> uh, okay it was called lilo and stitch uh, okay <laughs> and it was about the rest of of jumba's experiments they they come in little pods like a tiny little uh like round pods and when they get yeah. wet they turn into other experiments and okay. we're we're led to believe that there are 626 other experiments leading up, or 625 leading up to to Stitch, correct? Yeah. Okay, so I have got a list of, of uh, powers here, and I want you to tell me if it is a real experiment or not. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> okay, all right. So this, this one's easy. Leroy. Yes, he's got a real he's a real person. Yes, Leroy is the, from the movie Leroy and Stitch. He is like 6'2", 8", I think. 
Okay. Um, so you got that one. Mar- one for Tony. Okay. Can turn self into a hot air balloon. Uh, that's a magic power. Sure, yeah. No, that one's fake. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Uh, porcupine whose spikes make you dumb. Oh my gosh, that's got to be real. <laughs> it is totally real. Okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, that one is that one was uh, experiment three one nine. By the way. Okay. Uh, his name is Spike. Josh like watched this show religiously. I did. So I really did. I the only episode I remember is the Christmas tree episode. The one had a it was like a star or something. Yeah, his name is Topper. Oh my gosh, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so that one's name was Spike. Okay, okay, here we go. Turn self into scooter. Real. No, that one's fake. Goddamn, I'm gonna say real for all of them because they all sound really like realish to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, experiment that makes sandwiches. Definitely fake. No, that one is six two five. That's his name is Ruben. Oh, he's like the funny one that hangs out with Gantu. Gantu. Gantu, yeah. He's the Not one that, he, in the show, he hangs out with Gantu, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, He makes sandwiches. makes sandwiches. Yeah. Okay, that one's 625, Ruben. Uh, an experiment that teaches manners. That's gotta be fake. No, that's real. His, <laughs> his experiment 358, and his name is Manners. <laughs> this is so dumb <laughs> he, he's, he looks like a butler He's so funny um, Okay, how about an experiment That does basketball That's fake That is fake okay. How about an experiment That does baseball That's fake That is real Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's experiment 608, and his name is Slugger. He looks like a pterodactyl with a bat for a tail. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I've got. I've got – how about one that's a dog? It's just a regular dog. That's real. It is real. It's like a tiny little white dog. It's like one of the, the ones that compete in, in uh, dog shows. There's an episode where it's just like a dog. This is a regular dog. I think it's experiment 002. And he's just a dog. Just a regular dog. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do want to tell you, I was also fooled by this game. I was looking up, um, <laughs> I was looking up experiments on the, uh, the Lilo and Stitch show Wikipedia page. Um, and I was fooled by a few and I wrote them down and then I went back and was like, that can't be real. Um, so one of them that I thought was real was experiment zero five four who can turn, he controls hot fudge and his name is fudgy. Um, I thought for sure that one was real. Uh, and then the other one that I thought was real was experiment one Oh five, whose name is fold. And he folds paper until it is unreadable. I lost my shit when I saw this one. Because <laughs> I was like, if that is real, that is hilarious. And I went back and looked. It is not real. 
Um, but what kind? How ridiculous would it be? There's just an experiment that folds up your paper. You get a newspaper. He folds that thing until you <laughs> until cannot you read, read it. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Gosh, oh, I think God. we need to make a new podcast where we just go one by one through Lilo and Stitch All of episodes. the experiments. All <laughs> of the experiments. Check out that other podcast. What, do we have a name for it, Tony? Um, no. S- some, something witty. You're, I'm putting you on the spot. Something witty. Something about experiments. Don't get the pod wet. Don't you get, get the pod wet. That's funny. Yeah, that's good. I like they're that. They're like experiment pods. Don't get the pod wet. Don't get it wet. Don't get the pod wet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Check out that pod. It's coming soon. Okay, so we watched, we watched Lilo and Stitch. That was a fun game, I think, but I do have a few trivia things for you, Tony. Go for it. Okay, so uh, the first one that I have is that it uh, in the very beginning, during the trial... Uh, the councilwoman asks Stitch to show any kind of thing that he's a good, there's good inside him, and he licks the the glass in the shape of the Walt Disney D. Um, that one's just a little shout out to Disney. Uh, when Pleakley and the Grand Councilwoman go to the prison to visit Jumba, in the cell to the right of the elevator um, is. Dr. Jacques von Hamsterwheel. Um, that's sort of a call out to the show. Hamster wheel. It's not hamster wheel. It's hamster wheel. Um, so that's nice, a, a nice little thing. He's a hamster. Um, Along with The Princess and the Frog 2009, this is one of only two films from the Walt Disney Animation Studios released in the 2000s to make or to meet critical praise and make its money back in the theatrical run. Whoa. So, yeah, it's only one of yeah, two films up the there 2000s, with Princess and the Frog. Yeah, and the Princess and the Frog is like considered to be the start of the second Disney Renaissance. Right. And so, this is, like, most people don't consider Lilo and Stitch to be part of any Disney no, Renaissance. But no, yeah. but it, it is, I mean, it did as well as Princess and the Frog, basically, in terms of, yeah. like, making its money back. I mean, this is a great film, so. Oh, absolutely. And, and a ton of people went to go see it. Um, the next one that I have is, uh, one of the hardest parts about Stitch's characterization was that it was difficult to read any kind of emotion or feeling because he didn't have pupils. And so in, in a way to like go around that, the animators base his character more on a physical thing, which is why when he's upset, he does like huge arm motions where he rolls around, um, because he can't show emotion in his face. Interesting. So that's like a big challenge for them. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I've got sort of like a thing that is is pretty weird. Um, Sort of an odd thing to imagine what this movie could have been. Originally, Stitch was supposed to be an intergalactic gangster. Uh, Jumba was going to be a disgruntled member of his gang who was left behind during a heist and was going after him as revenge. And the other members of the gang would have come back uh, in the third act to get him. Uh, the filmmakers felt that Stitch was more sympathetic uh, when the audience thought of him as a younger and um, more like animalistic kind of character. And so he was changed in, from the hardened criminal to a genetic experiment, and Jumbo was the scientist who created him. 
interesting. I yeah, can like, see gang member Stitch. That would be definitely interesting. Yeah, but even then he was supposed to talk. In this version, he was never conceived to talk. Until the very end, yeah. Until the end. Um, but can you imagine if Stitch was like, yeah, see, I gotta, I'm, I'm not now, little girl. I gotta <laughs> get away from that girl. Uh, you have a very specific view of gangsters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Um, the other thing is that Chris Sanders, one of the directors of the film, also served as co-screenwriter -screen and co-character designer, and he also provided the voice of Stitch. Uh, it was a character that he first created in 1985. Chris Sanders had originally created the character of Stitch in 1985 uh, for an unsuccessful children's book pitch. I so, feel like this would be a great children's book, and now uh, it is absolutely. Like several children's books. But yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, it's... it's uh, Something that I think would have worked out very well. I agree. Um, and that's all the trivia I have. So with let's that, the movie. let's watch this movie. Let's. Uh, oh, I do also want to say we got an interview with our friend Judith, who is um, crazy about this movie. That Holy uh, cow. we yeah, she's really into this movie. We're going to get to that interview after we come back from these short messages. Go watch this movie. Pause. Hey guys, it's Ember and Angel from the Color Me Dead podcast, and you've been listening to On the Front Porch with us. Man, were those guys funny. Or at least that's what they told us to say. <laughs> they are pretty funny, though. They are. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Unpause. Yay! We watched the movie. Uh, so, Tony, what did you think of this movie? I love this movie. So usually, Josh, uh, this is like a behind-the-scenes thing. I, like, take tons of notes. I take like 18 pages of notes um, because like I just want to make sure I'm like getting everything down, getting the story down, like right. being able to, to go into the like the podcast ready. Yeah. For this movie, I had to like pause the movie like eight times because I was just watching it and like it's one of the few movies that like just draws me in so much that I can't like write while I'm like just watching it because I, it's just so interesting. It's so fast paced. There's like a thousand things going on at any given point. Yeah. Uh, and you, like, love the characters. My favorite thing about this movie is, like, the depth of characters. Yeah. Um, the storyline is, like, is, is fine, and it, like, it's it's a vehicle, but, like, the characters are, like, why you love this movie. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, we talk about with Judith, or I talk about with Judith, is sort of the fact that, like, all of these characters are individuals at the beginning of this movie. Mm -hmm. And that by the time this movie's over, we have this whole of all these oddballs these people that would never meet otherwise this pull of this sort of like attracting force of family of ohana that sort of like draws them in together and they become a unit they become yeah. a family um, yeah. it's incredible this movie has a, a unique way of doing that yeah so with that really fast i'm gonna put you over to that interview and uh, I do want to apologize in advance. The audio on, on Judith's side is a little odd. I tried to fix it, but it's uh, it's a little rough. So apologies for that. And here is that interview. Hey, everybody. I'm joined by my friend Judith. She is a friend of ours from a while back. And so we are very excited to be talking about Lilo and Stitch with Judith today. And uh, Judith, hey, how's it going? Hey, how have you guys been? <laughs> Pretty great. Judith, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, I have known Tony and Josh for approximately 20 and a half years. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I am a biology grad from NC State, so I went to school with them, but our moms both worked at the same school, so we've known each other a very long time. I currently work as an entomologist, so I actually have a little bit of fun knowledge about some of the things Plinkley says in this movie. Oh. Yeah, it, if you don't <laughs> mind me dropping a random trivia bomb. Um, yeah, cool. So, Plinkley actually, like, says something when the first mosquito lands on him about, uh, she has chosen me as her perch, and yeah, only female mosquitoes bite, males don't. Right. So, I was kind of entertained that they took the time to do that, because Disney. <laughs> yeah, cool. So... This this is your this is your favorite Disney movie, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Sort of tell us a little bit about about why why this movie in particular. So kind of I feel like it started with the fact that my favorite person to listen to singing when I was little was Elvis and maybe that sort of triggered it when I was younger. Right. Okay. Literally the first CD I got in my entire life was Elvis. So the fact that it was Elvis based made it amazing to me. Yeah. But also I grew up in a bit of a difficult situation myself. My family's not the best sometimes, and I dealt with depression and stuff. When I was around that age, I started to realize what I was going through, and Lilo herself kind of is beginning to have those same feelings, and I feel like I really related to her at that age. Right. Okay, cool. Well, uh, whenever we have a guest on the show, we do some rapid-fire questions to sort of gauge sort of their interests, and, uh, and if you are ready... Judith, we're going to do the questions. Okay, shoot. All right, you ready? Okay, here we go. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, probably Charlie Bartlett. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite Disney movie? Lilo and Stitch. Great. Favorite princess? Disney or all? Favorite just princess? Probably Ella Frell. Okay. And favorite Disney princess? Okay, Rapunzel. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite <laughs> hardware store? Um, Harbor Freight Tools. <laughs> okay. Favorite brand of shampoo? Aussie. Okay. And if you could be an alien experiment like uh, Stitch, uh, 626, <laughs> what size shoe would you wear? <laughs> A kid's 12. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Uh, good to know. Thank you. That's all the questions I have. Okay. But I do have one question leading into the the sort of topic of discussion here okay I, I know you pick up a few themes mainly i think the the one that you want to talk about above any other is family the idea of ohana right um yes. so obviously like it's a big theme in this movie what what are your thoughts on sort of like the the meaning of the word in this movie well, obviously, Ohana means family, and right. family means family nobody means gets nobody gets left behind, left sure. behind or forgotten, <laughs> <laughs> or forgotten, right? And I feel like a lot of people could learn from that—that that people aren't necessarily just your friends, and your family's not necessarily like your blood family's not necessarily the most important. The people that are there for you and have your back are the most important, and are your real family, right. and that's sort of what everyone seems to learn by it in this movie is you don't have to be related to be family right I, I think that that's true about this movie in particular is like the the whole movie seems to be about her and her sister and their quote unquote family they're like tiny little broken family and ultimately 
they get more people included into their family between Jumba and Bleakley and Stitch that aren't even human for that matter, that aren't even the same species, but still by the end of the movie, they're kind of family. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're right that that's kind of an interesting point about this movie. And, and there are so many characters that are individuals before this movie starts. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, it's, it's a unit, you know, I think that that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And I feel like, Stitch in particular is important to that unit factor because he originally just wants to be like free to destroy everything but once Lilo teaches him how to build it's almost like he wants to build his own family at that point and he helps to rebuild this broken home. Right. So sort of along that same lines this leads into some questions about what happened before. Why is it just Lilo... And, uh, and her sister. Because everything is sad. <laughs> because right. Disney likes to kill parents. Um, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, a.k.a. Sam Tyler, because I'm sure he hasn't watched this movie. <laughs> um, oh, shots fired, Sam. Uh, her parents died during a rainstorm. They were driving on the island and uh, had a wreck. So it's like really sad. And Nani's really young to be having to take over the role of a parent in addition to a sister, but she does a really great job, I think. Yeah. She loves her little sister so much. She would do anything to keep her, and then she also would let her go if she had to to make her life better, and that's beautiful to me. Sad, but beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is sad, but it's it's sort of an interesting take on, on, like, a broken family, and I really, I like that about this movie. So... You you have a theory about <laughs> about sort of what what happened. As you said, Lilo's parents died during a storm while driving. T- tell us a little bit about your theory as it relates to her doll. That's not the doll. Scrump is the doll. It's the fish. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're right. Okay, continue. Go, go, tell, tell your story. Tell your story. Okay, so this is actually a fan theory I read online that my brain has, like, constantly... I've thought about this a lot and built on it myself. Pudge, the fish from the beginning of the movie, uh, if everyone who's seen it remembers, Lilo feeds him a peanut butter sandwich, I think it's every Tuesday, maybe? But it's one day a week that she always feeds him a peanut butter sandwich, and if it's not peanut butter, if it's tuna, she's an abomination. (laughs) But um, when her hula instructor asks her why it's so important, she just says Pudge controls the weather. Like, it's the most obvious thing in the world. Yeah. And the theory that this person came up with online that is just so sad and heartbreaking is that she thinks she needs to make sure Pudge is fed so that, like, she doesn't lose Nani, too, because her parents died during a storm. Which is super fucking depressing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So... I guess like this this theory and I I really I like this theory I think that it's interesting and I think that it, it adds an entire element to this story because it's something that she just sort of says and then like does once or twice in the movie and then we don't really hear it about it again but yeah. it's but it seems so relevant it seems like why put it in there if it's not relevant you know exactly yeah so I like I have questions for Disney. <laughs> like about before right. the movie that's what i have at this point yeah uh, 
Because we need to know how guilty Lilo feels. Like, what if she feels guilty? Right. Because if uh, she does, uh, that's even more sad. <laughs> if she feels guilty because she wasn't there already feeding him, or if she feels like it's her responsibility to make sure nobody else dies. Yeah, see, it, that's what I question, is if she was already feeding him weekly, and then her parents died, and she was like, oh, God, this fish controls the weather, and I forgot to feed him this week. Like, maybe that's what made her think he controls the weather? That yeah. she was already feeding this fish, but because she forgot one time, her parents happened to be in a wreck at the same time, and that's... Yeah. I, I like to think that that's the case, because if it is, then it really explains a lot about sort of why she is the way she is. Yeah, it does. With with this theory in mind, she she is carrying one hell of a burden yeah. for a little girl, you know? Yes, absolutely. And, like, now I'm like, does she continue feeding Pudge for the purpose of protecting Nani? Like, is that what this really breaks down to now? Yeah. Because she never and whenever Nani's like, again. Whenever Nani yells at her, she really just wants to say, like, you should be thanking me because I'm keeping you alive. Oh, gosh, like, I've never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, that's why she gets so frustrated when Nani yells at her, because oh. she just, she's like, you have no idea the things I'm doing for you. <laughs> I, I really, I really, really like this theory. I heard a similar theory about her, the doll, the, the doll that she carries. Okay. Um, that it's like that it's like a, a a weighted kind of doll like it carries the burden oh, with her so she carries this doll head. around with her oh that's so sad <laughs> yeah like all her dark depressing thoughts are filled inside scrum's head okay <laughs> yeah and once she gets stitch around she doesn't spend so much time with the doll that's so true. she is maybe like letting go of the burden a little bit that is also true, yeah, that's, that's really sad, though, especially because she talks about, like, how she, how the doll isn't quite right, and, you know, Lilo is getting into depression and stuff, so she's not quite right either. Right. So she's like, I pretend a bug laid ears, laid eggs in her ear, and <laughs> she's got to have <laughs> surgery to make it smaller, and it's like, that's just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I think that it could also just be that um, Lilo's a little weird, and yeah. <laughs> the doll's a little weird, and she likes weird stuff. I, I, you know, I don't know. There's no way to really know, because these are all fan theories. Yeah. But, ultimately, I think that this movie is often overlooked. What What do you... I mean, you, you, I've heard you say the same thing, that this movie is often overlooked among the greats. What What's sort of your argument for this movie? For one thing, it is a completely unique story that was started by somebody that worked at Disney who didn't get it from somewhere else. Like, it came out of his brain. It wasn't Disney remastering something that someone else came up with. Right. And I feel like that was... They hadn't done that a lot up until this point. This is, like, right after the Renaissance when you start hitting the movies, though, that are really unique. And... Yeah. I absolutely love the type of things like that, that it's a whole new idea, and... I also, yeah. I love, I love dogs, so the fact that she thinks she's got a dog the whole time is kind of like <laughs> one of those little things, too, that entertains me. But, yeah, that's, like, the big thing to me is that it's unique. Nobody else had done anything quite like it at that point. It, it, it's on Hawaii, of all places, you know? Like, it's so random, but it's one of yeah. the few that's very, like, American, too. Yeah. 
I I agree. I think that it is very American compared to some of the others. Yeah, um, and a lot of people don't know that um, why they had to push off. I don't know. Are you aware of why they had to push off the uh, release date by like six months? No, I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's actually pretty upsetting. But um, they originally the scene where they're flying through the mountains at the end of hmm. and like the the big uh, spaceship sideways and knocks ice cream guys going off again yeah originally that didn't take place in the mountains it took place in a big city oh in the city yeah i do remember that because they did it between the uh like two big buildings yeah and then 9-11 happened and they're like and then they couldn't do that anymore yeah yeah i do recall that Mm -hmm. i feel like it's it's such an interesting time for ohana to have come into the play like yeah it's sort of random and not related at all, but still, like, the fact that this movie about, like, coming together as a family came out after our country had such a horrible time, and, like, it's also, like I said, a very Americanized film and compared to some of the others. I just, I love how unique it is and that yeah. it did something different. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I 100% agree. Last question for you. My, the, this question is probably the biggest plot point in the entire movie and that is why does lilo have a fascination with fat people <laughs> why do you have a fascination with this question <laughs> because uh, it is important to the story <laughs> so important she um, yes after you uh brought this up to me a couple days ago i actually have kept thinking about this and wondering about <laughs> it <laughs> So, the fact that she named the fish Pudge, first of all. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> like, let's start with the fish's name is Pudge. <sighs> it's a pudgy fish named Pudge. <laughs> so, I think originally when I brought this question up to you, it wasn't so much that she had a thing for fat people eating ice cream as much as <laughs> as much as much the fact that they were all tourists. That she was, ex- she, she was seeing people come to the island and explore her culture and then leave. Okay, so that goes back into she likes taking pictures of people. This is just her sure. fascination almost with people in general and the fact that it coincidentally is on a regular basis to be slightly overweight tourists. Yeah, well, like, I, I'm i not sure if it's the fact that it there's people because it's not like she's taking pictures of people that are on the island regularly. She's taking pictures of tourists. Yeah. So maybe this has something to do with, like, separation anxiety or exploring the the people that come and then have to leave. I think you're hitting on something with exploring the different people that show up because she has probably never been off this island. Like Right. Her her parents, we don't know how long they've been gone, but the fact that Nani's the one having to take care of her means there's not like a money situation going on. They're not flying to see other parts of the world ever anytime soon. Yeah. So maybe she's like really intrigued by what like the they wear, kind of yeah, thing. the outside okay. concept, and maybe that's why she loves Stitch so much so immediately because he's so different. Like that's what this always yeah. comes back to. Everything is so different in this movie than it is in all the others, but he's so unique, and yeah, she loves him for it. She accepts it and invites him right into her home, even though he acts like a crazy, crazy, a crazy monster. Creature. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He actually kind of, uh, I have a Jack Russell Terrier that he kind of reminds me of sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I think that that's a pretty good point. I like that the idea of, of her being attracted to the exotic 
win the exotic in a lot of these circumstances are just regular people and the regular really, flawed people the really interesting including part, stitch stitch is flawed too yeah going back to exotic though all these people are coming here to see exotic things but she's right. coming to see the exotic people and that's kind of cool yeah that is pretty cool so i want to say thank you again to judith for coming on we appreciate you coming and doing a little bit of a talk for our show and uh, we'd love to have you back on again. Yeah, I'm so glad to have been on. This was fantastic. Great. Well, uh, oh, goodness. I just dropped my <laughs> mic. Oh, God. All right. Well, uh, thanks, and uh, we will talk to you next time. All right. Thanks again to Judith for joining us on the show. Pretty interesting conversation, I think, especially when it comes to, like, the, the theories that she brought up, Tony. Yeah, I I also didn't know, like, two of those things. Like, I had heard about the Pudge one, but I did not hear about the other two. And yeah. Judith just, like, has so much, like, excitement about this. <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something that, like, I had talked to her a, long, a lot beforehand about, like, hey, what do you want to talk about? And she's like, I have these theories. I've got so many theories that I've read. And uh, I kept sort of, like, pushing in the, the fat people theory, like, why is she so into fat people? Um, but she, like, she's right. I don't think that it's about fat people. I think it's about, um, the fact that they're tourists and they leave, you know? Yeah. Everyone leaves. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's talk it's about so this sad. movie. Yeah. Let's talk about this movie. So, uh, the opening is really pretty. I like the opening. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, I actually really even just like the, the satellite Disney, uh, Disney castle. Like yeah. that's pretty cool. Like starting point. And we're yeah. in space. Yeah, we're in space. Uh, uh, and, and so, yeah, go ahead. Jamba has been accused of genetic experimentation, uh, and he's like, "No, for sure, no." And I've that would never be done unethical. that. <laughs> and then, uh, and then six two six is is brought up, and he's like, "Okay, I only made one." I would never Wait. make more than one. <laughs> Nobody questions that his, his experiment six two six. Yeah, <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. We'll get to it in the show. Uh, uh, his, his, um, his only instinct is to destroy, so he's a very, like, destructive machine monster. Uh, and they ask, her, they ask him, like, uh, you know, what, why, can you be a good person? And he curses in some alien language, and they're like, oh, and my Jumbo's gosh. like, I didn't teach him that. <laughs> the, uh, the robot throws up like bolts, bolts. and like oil. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, oh man. Yeah. So they lock him up, and they lock up Jumba, and I I think it's interesting that despite the fact that Stitch is sort of like created to destroy, he's also created as sort of like a, a an international super spy, an intergalactic super spy, because he's given this intelligence, this curiosity, and this wit. Right. That like he's put in this scenario where there's only one way to get out or assumedly there's no way to get out. It's yeah, drawn I mean, to his genetic it, code. The guns are on his DNA. There's an armada following the ship so that like if he gets away, like it yeah. could be really easy to kill. Uh, but he's like not only able to like think through how to get the DNA off of him by spitting at somebody, but also like figure out a way to like drive the ship away and like he's good enough at driving his his spaceship that he can like get away from everybody yeah i mean it's amazing that he was created in such a way that he he's able to think through these situations critically 
He's also super lucky, so oh, yeah. uh, he's, he Absolutely. won't survive in water. And so when we see this planet of all water, Earth, and he's, like, coming up, they're like, oh, well, he's definitely going to die. And then yeah, it, like, no zooms in, he's like, there's no way. It's not going to land on Hawaii. There's no way. <laughs> and he lands on this one little speck of land on this entire water planet, which is really funny. Uh, and <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and, uh, he Im- and immediately, like, well, we have to gas the planet. No, there are mosquitoes there. <laughs> oh God, it, it's it's pretty great that uh, that Pleakley is great. This whole situation with Pleakley is great. That Pleakley is like, yeah, we can't just we we have to be um, we have to be understanding to their current situation. They're not ready for for alien contact. You would think yeah. that the head of the intergalactic alliance would know that you can't just bomb a planet, that that would go against the intergalactic alliance code. Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no prime directive here. <laughs> yeah, like, that's <laughs> clearly against, like, Star Trek rules. You don't just jump in and, and, like, start fucking shit up because there's one enemy down there. Yeah, no. I guess, like... This enemy is like as bad as like a nuclear weapon or would would be on Earth, right? Like right. so he's like he's capable of destroying like planets is what they're worried about, right? Just right. wreaking havoc. Uh I think that's a bit extreme. Uh <laughs> like you don't just bomb a planet because of it. Just leave him there. Yeah, no. How, how's he gonna escape? Um, well, so they're going to work with Jamba to get him out. Uh, uh, so no. Jamba and Pleakley, <laughs> the mosquito guy, are going to figure out a way to capture uh, Stitch. I love, before they even get into the, the room, Jamba's reading the newspaper and it says, Idiot science is jailed. <laughs> it's like a direct thing against him. They're like, oh, he's going to read this. Uh, take that. <laughs> <laughs> take that guy in jail. Uh <laughs> It's Everyone okay. gets personalized <laughs> newspapers at this jail that just makes fun of the person in the jail yeah, cell. <laughs> making their own personal hell. Uh, <laughs> idiot scientist jailed. He's like tearing it up and eating the paper. It's, <laughs> he's so crazy. It's so good. Um, <laughs> so he's like, um, what What poor desolate planet has my my monster upon it? And then we get this really nice uh, opening sequence on Earth. And it's like fish, and she's feeding Pudge. Um, and she's like saving lives by feeding Pudge. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and which, it, which is why when she finally shows up at the, the school, uh, she's like running through the woods uh, to get to, to her hula class. There's, like, and, great music going on in the background. Yeah. Uh, very uh, Hawaiian, native Hawaiian music. It's excellent. Yeah. There, so she's, she gets to the class. She's, like, dripping all over the floor, but she gets there, and nobody notices that she's late. And uh, then um, one of the kids slips, and then the other three kids slip on the water. And uh, it's like the, the girl is like, you're crazy. And then it's she immediately attacks. There's no like talking. She just you're crazy. And Lilo jumps on her and starts punching <laughs> her in the face. Don't call me crazy, uh, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> just, just, no, no talking. No, I'm oh, not man. crazy. A little bit of an escalation there. 
Yeah, um, no, it's it's great though. It, like this first scene really sets up how like like how interesting Lilo is. Um, you know, we see her feeding Pudge the fish a sandwich, and then we like have to explain like how it can't be a tuna fish sandwich; it has to be a peanut butter sandwich every Thursday because he controls the weather. Like it's an excellent opening scene. Yeah. Like it's a great viewing of her character um, that like just sets her apart and like lets us know she is not in the norm do you um, know what tuna is tony it's fish it's fish <laughs> um but she gets kicked out of dance for obvious reasons punching people is not allowed no you're uh, not allowed to do that <laughs> and so, well, I, I get it she she's just trying to do her job man she's she's saving lives and nobody appreciates her nobody appreciates her yeah, she she like tries to fit in with the girls. They're mean to her because her doll is different, just yeah. like she is. Uh, so she goes home alone and she lays down while listening to uh, Elvis <laughs> Elvis Presley, which is a recurring theme throughout this. Yeah. Um. So she's home alone. She's hanging out listening to Elvis. She's nailed the door shut. <laughs> Uh, Nani, and Nani can't get in. <laughs> no, Nani, like, she's walking back home, or she she goes to go pick Lilo up from the studio, and she realizes that she isn't there, so she runs back and uh, almost gets hit by a, a black sedan and uh, kicks it. She's like, stupid head! And then... <laughs> um, this is this is a note. This is, this is like, a, a advice to all of you out there. Don't be. You got to be nice to cars on the road, because um, you never know who's in them. Um, yeah, this yeah, is sort pedestrians, of pedestrians. Be nice to cars. That is pedestrians. Great you ought to be nicer to cars. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. I I will say um, that Cobra Bubbles is like my favorite character in this movie. I love Cobra. I wish there was a whole story, a, a movie just about Cobra's backstory because I would watch the shit out of that movie. You don't look like a social worker. Have you ever <laughs> killed someone? Have you ever killed anyone? <laughs> We're getting off subject. <laughs> things have indeed gone wrong. I'm the one they call when things go wrong. <laughs> Okay. Meanwhile, Lilo is practicing practical voodoo on her friends. Yeah, with... practical voodoo. My friends have to be punished. <laughs> <laughs> she's and like honestly, she is working so hard to get Nani in trouble. She's like going out of her way, and she knew she knew that the social worker was coming. Um, because Nani's like, no, you can't lock me out today. The social worker is going to be here any second. Um, and so she's like, she's like laying there listening to Elvis, like, leave me alone to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but she, she's like, she's going out of her way to get Nani in trouble. Cobra is like, you have three days to convince me that you're not a shitty parent. Um, yeah. I, and in this part of the movie, I really feel for Nani. Like, I, I feel really bad for Nani. Yeah, because um, she, well, like, she, she didn't need this. She she wasn't prepared for this. This is something that she had no idea was coming. You know. 
yeah, whenever their parents died, which we find out later, yeah. like, she just became a parent all, over, uh, all of a sudden. And, like, Lilo says something to that point. She says, like, uh, you, like, I like you better as a sister than a mom. Yeah. Um, and you and like, like me better like as a, a sister than a rabbit, right? <laughs> Which is a good, <laughs> a good line. Yeah. Because, uh, like, earlier she's going to, you're going to sell me for a rabbit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, um, so, but like, yeah. she makes this, she has this line where she says, people treat me different. Um, and that's why I had to punch that girl. And, like, this sort of comes to a point where, like, I think there are theories that Lilo is, like, not neurotypical. She might be, like, uh, she might be on either, like, an autistic scale or something like that. Um, and I actually think that, like, it, it, wherever she is, she's not, like, she's not uh, like a normal kid. Like, she is, oh, she no. does, like, step out of the norm and, like... Uh, she thinks of things in different ways. She's like kind of a, uh, she's has little way more creative th- sort of thinking yeah. about things. And I think that like, um, it's really interesting to see, like she is very aware that like who she is makes other people treat her differently, and like and makes other Nani people uncomfortable. Is, yeah, and Nani is super protective of her in that moment. Like yeah. Um, she doesn't necessarily have the tools to help her, but she, like, she understands. Well, no, know? but she does. She does have the tools to help her, which is why she takes her to go get a dog. She sees that she's alone, and she sees that nobody understands, and she knows that a dog doesn't have to understand. It'll love her no matter what. Um, it'll be her best friend in this time of need. So they go get a dog. Um, the dog just happens to be a dead uh, creature from space. Um <laughs> So they, uh, there's this whole thing. She's like, the the dog is trying to imitate the poster of the dog and the girl, um, and it it's like cute. hugs, it stitch like hugs her, and um, she's like, wow, I want this one. And then, um, so she's like paying for for Stitch. There's this really funny moment of like, I want to pay for him. Nani like grabs the two dollars back, gives it to Lilo. Lilo like nudges Nani and Nani gives it to the, the lady again. Um, it's it's really funny. I like that one a lot. Um, Stitch isn't a real name in no. Iceland. <laughs> uh, but it's a great name here. So Stitch's plan is to hide behind this little girl, right? And if Pleakley wasn't there, Jumba just would have killed her. Um, but Pleakley is concerned about the, the well-being of the the mosquito uh, food food, food for mosquitoes yeah, yeah. obviously <laughs> yeah so um, there's this like sequence of events after Stitch gets there that they're going and like going to uh, Nani's job and she gets fired because Stitches is, is um, biting Bleakley's head off or um, they are going to get Nani's new job and Stitch is fucking everything up. And it's like, um, Stitch, Stitch's situation is that he's trying to do things well enough for, for Lilo. Cause at this point he's starting to get to know Lilo and, and sort of like trying to adjust with her. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but everything that he does sort of ends in chaos. And so it's, I, I get it. It's disheartening for Stitch that he's, he's built to destroy and everything that he does, even though he's like amazing at guitar or he's amazing at hula, everything ends in destruction. Yeah. It's really interesting too, because Lilo basically points this out and it's like a mirror of Lilo. Right. So right. she's like, why not try and make something? Uh, and he makes San Francisco and then destroys it. Right. Um, and like he finds the ugly, du- ugly duckling, which is sort of the through line. Ugly duckling is Lilo. Ugly duckling is Stitch. Right. Uh, and they see the ugly duckling several times. Um, but yeah, like at the end, so like you know, he's been told, like they've been told, you need to find a job. You need to make this dog a model citizen. Those things aren't happening. Um, and so they like. Tony, can I can I clarify something? Yeah. New job. Model citizen. <laughs> Good day. Good day. Glasses <laughs> fall apart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. So everything's fucking up. Um, she goes to the beach to try and get this job, uh, and Stitch is like playing guitar, and everybody's taking pictures of him, and he's looking at everything, and destroys the the beach. Uh, I just love how like the lifeguard just sort of huffs and puffs and then walks away. Not like starts cleaning up because it's her job, but instead just like you didn't say anything. Just like you messed this up. I'm leaving now. Uh, This is the end of my shift. Uh, (laughs) um, I'm following the tourists. (laughs) Yeah. So so, um, that's a pretty great sequence of Stitch like trying and fucking up everything. I really like that sequence, especially at the hotel where he's like wearing the, the flower Elvis shirt. And she's like, give go, go sit on that bench. She needs some love. That old lady reading a newspaper needs some love. And stitch is like, okay, he sits on the bench. She gives him uh Lilo gives stitch the rose. And he like grabs her hand and just like sits next to her. And she it's has so this cute. look on her face, like what's going on. And she, Lilo's like, okay, now kiss her. Because that's what Elvis would do. Yeah. <laughs> Lilo has, uh, has a, a somewhat distorted view. A very minimal understanding. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, anyway, so the beach is destroyed. And um, then what's-his-face shows up. I don't know what his name David. is. Da- David. David shows up. He's like, you know what's a great solution to this? Surfing. Let's go surfing. Um, there's this great song, Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride. Yeah. It's, like, pretty in the background. Stitch is a little afraid to go out, but then he, like, does. And it's, it's really nice. Great. It's, like, and then a good he, scene. Yeah, and he's, he's like, enjoying himself. Jumba's like, why is he going back out there? He'll die. It's water. Um, but Stitch does. He gets pulled down by Jumba, and then Stitch is, like, pulling down Lilo with him, and it's, like, a whole thing. They all get away. Um but Cobra's there watching, as he does, because um, he's a mysterious, mysterious man. And um, they have to leave because Nani is losing Lilo tomorrow. Um, and there's this like moment of David talking to Stitch at the end of that scene. And yeah. I don't know what he's trying to accomplish by talking to the dog. Um, 
but he's like everything was fine till you came along but so like and this is really frustrating because like stitch was like obviously trying like that's the reason why he went out on the on the on the surfboard was like even though it was danger to his health is because like he wanted to be a part of the family like well, he wanted to be a part of the group y yes absolutely my issue is things weren't all right before Stitch came along. This is like a, a, a let's put all the blame on this dog that you just got a day ago. Like, I mean, it, it, no, it, it was not OK before the family was already falling apart and somebody had called a social worker. Yeah, like, it, it was clearly not all right. So the, the fact that there's a dog here messing up Nani's job situation is not messing up their lives it's just adding on to things that have already gone wrong for them and yeah, granted it, it like, is it is situational it, it is yeah. situational because nani is like 23 and it's not like a great situation for her either so like i i get it but it's not like this dog is the cause you know yeah no i agree um so anyway we hear we, yeah. we have this next scene, which is, like, really dark. Uh, Lilo is explaining, you know, how her parents died in the car crash. You know, where are yours? I hear you cry at night. I know that's why you wreck things and push me. And, like, this is her projecting so much, right? She's, like, saying, yeah. like, I I break things. Like, I push people. I beat up that, that redheaded girl because I, like, I am frustrated because I've lost my parents. Like... She's, yeah. like, hardcore projecting in this scene. It's, like, really, really heavy. Well, um, and, there's, and she, says, she says, too, I don't – I understand if you have to leave. Yeah, which, she says, if you want to leave, you can. I'll remember you, though. I remember everyone that leaves. Well, and it, it this is also, I think, projecting. She's talking about herself. She knows that she's going to have to leave because she mm. sort of, like, instigated her leaving. When, when Bubbles first showed up, she sort of, like, instigated him believing that Nani was a terrible parent. She she almost, I think, wants to, to be unhappy. She's forcing herself to be unhappy by, mm. like, being sent away. Because yeah. she doesn't think she, she deserves Nani. It's, it's a sad... A really sad way to think of it, but I think that's what's going on here. And then Stitch jumps out the door with his with his ugly duckling book and jumps out the window. And he yeah. leaves. Yeah. Uh, and for the first <sighs> time, she experiences somebody coming back. Um, when Stitch is like lost in the woods, Jumba approaches him and is like, "Come quietly. We're going to disassemble you." Stitch runs away. Because he said, we're going to disassemble you. Um, so Stitch comes back and Jumba's like chasing him. Uh, Nani has a job prospect, which is great. She leaves Lilo alone there for a little while and says, don't let anybody inside. But Stitch comes but, inside. And aliens follow him. And, and, and blow up the house. house. And she calls Cobra. And this is a great scene because Cobra's on the way anyway to pick her up. <laughs> And she calls Cobra and saying, aliens are attacking my house. <laughs> <laughs> Cobra's like, no, don't hang up the phone. I'm coming. Um, <laughs> so aliens are attacking my house. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they so get what out. So what thing is happening in this scene? Does he think that like, like whenever she he's taking her away, that she was like calling him to say aliens were taking were attacking her house, and then like meanwhile blowing it up on her own? I I don't know. No, because Cobra knows about the aliens. Cobra was there. That's the thing. This is like this is why we need a Cobra backstory movie. We need it. We need it. We need it. He's ex-CIA. He was there at Area 51. He had an afro then. It's needed. I need it in my life. We <laughs> we, we escape, uh, and Jumba and Pleakley get, like, blown off somewhere. I don't remember what happened. They, they get pushed away somewhere. Yeah. Um, and now Gantu is coming. Gantu's going to come do the job. Can we talk about the scene where, like, Lilo gets taken away, though? Yeah. So, like, uh, they, he takes Lilo, and Nani comes running up to the house, like, following the ambulance, uh, and sees smoke, and her house is destroyed. And she says, I'm the only one who understands her. She needs me. And Cobra turns around and points at the house. He's like, she needs this? I think maybe you need her more than she needs you. And it's like... You can feel everything falling apart. Like, it's oh, such yeah. a dark scene. Um, and Lilo runs off to the woods because she doesn't feel wanted. Uh, no, wait, she follows Lilo, doesn't she? Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, but, yes, she's following Stitch, I mean. Uh, well, no, she runs off into the woods. She doesn't know that Stitch is in the woods. Yeah, Stitch chases after her. Gantu catches up to them. So the big whale fish guy. Uh, yeah, fish butt, whale butt. Stitch there, escapes. There's a ton of jokes. Can jokes. I say, I love, I love Gantu. In the show, they make... Gantu's like a really big character in the show. Yeah. In the show, they make so many jokes about Gantu being a whale, being a blue whale, or like calling him whale butt or stuff like that. <laughs> it's really funny. You should uh, watch the show. Guys, seriously. Oh my god. Watch the show. <laughs> Josh, do you mean that? Like, do you honestly mean I that? I really or are you do. Just saying that? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, anyways, Gontu gets caught, uh, catches them, puts them on his ship, but Stitch escapes. Uh, and so Lilo is flying off into space, Stitches on Earth. Uh, Nani hits Stitch and then hits him again and is like, talk! I know you could talk, and then when he talks, she hits him again. It's really funny. Uh, and Stitch is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Uh, so he gets captured by Jumba and Bleakly, and they're like, Nani's there, and they're like, don't engage. Don't, don't, don't interact. Because if they interact, they're, they're touching their culture, the, the human culture. <laughs> So the they have the just... prime directive, but weirdly, the like president of the Galactic Empire <laughs> yeah. doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> we, we can't interact with their their kind, so they just turn around. That's their version of not interacting. <laughs> nope, we can't talk to you. We're not interacting. We'll affect your your civilization. Um, <laughs> she's like, "Who's Lilo?" And Jumbo's like, "What?" Um, <laughs> and that's interacting. No, you can't interact. Um, so. <laughs> Stitch is like, uh, he he does the Ohana means family thing, and then and immediately convinces Jumba is like, hey, you should help us rescue her. Okay. And Jumba's like, Jumba's like, what? You think that after all this time, I'm just gonna go with you and rescue that girl? And Stitch hey. is like, yes. 
And Jeff was like, okay, fine. <laughs> He's very persuasive. <laughs> He's very persuasive. Uh, <laughs> so they go and rescue, uh, rescue Lilo uh, after Stitch gets blown out of the thing, out of the ship. Well, Stitch saves the frog first. That's very important. Yeah. He has Stitch to save saves the, the frog. frog. Then drives the oil tanker into the volcano and then gets blown up onto the ship, saves Lilo, and saves Gontu. Everybody's like, good dog. Good dog, yeah. That, that worked out well. Uh, <laughs> poor David. He's just there. Uh, and Lilo's, they're, they're all hanging out on the ship in the water. And uh, and David is like, uh, or she, Lilo's like, can you give us a ride to shore? And he looks at all these aliens and he's like, yeah, it's going to take me a couple of trips. Um, David's so chill. He's so good. Uh, <laughs> so they get to shore and immediately uh, the uh, councilwoman is there. She's like taking Stitch away. And um, does Stitch have to go on the ship? And she's Can like, I say wait, goodbye? wait, what? Yeah, go ahead. And so like there's this nice little moment of like, who are these people? This is my family. Uh, it's broken and it's small, but it is mine. And it's the still woman, good. the councilwoman yeah. is, yeah, still good. Uh, the councilwoman's like, wait a second, you are good. You can stay here. Uh, or no, we're we're still gonna take you with us because that's the law. There's rules. And Cobra's like, aliens, aliens fucking love rules. Aliens are all about <laughs> rules. <laughs> Cobra breaks rules. <laughs> aliens are about rules. <laughs> aliens love rules. Uh, so he, uh, Lilo's like shows the councilwoman this two dollar document, um, and the alien is like, "Oh, that means rules. That's that's kind of our whole deal. So let's leave Stitch here." Um, <laughs> our whole thing is that we really like rules. We, I don't we, know what we uh, we have to do. The you thing. guys. <laughs> You guys, she's got rules. <laughs> we can't take him. <laughs> so she lets them stay. And all of a sudden, Stitch is awesome and <laughs> does chores and does fire eating and hula dancing. Yeah. And laundry and makes lunches and everyone's happy and successful. Yeah. Uh, and there's a big family with David, Pleakley, Jumba, and Bubbles. And Bubbles, Cobra's there. Cobra, it, and like... We find out this thing about Cobra's backstory where he had an afro and he worked for the CIA, <laughs> but he couldn't deal with the rules. Um, too many rules. Too many rules for Cobra. So uh, I got into social work. Yeah, that's what he, he's the guy that Jeez. they call when things go wrong. Um, <laughs> so uh, Cobra's part of the family now. Um, yeah, and the and, ending credits are all these, like, pictures of the family of aliens and humans getting together and doing nice things. <laughs> Cobra's there for, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas. I love it. Yeah. Uh, he's um, barely in the, the show at all, but uh, apparently he's a big part of the family now. Here's um, a 10-year-old Easter egg. Uh, one of the pictures involves Stitch holding uh, a palm frond over sea turtles as they go to the water, which is yeah. what happens in Moana. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's good. It's a pretty good moment, especially considering that Maui is Pudge. Um, Maui is Pudge. Maui is Pudge. Um, Pudge so, Maui. Moana, Pudge. sea turtle, etc. Yeah, you get it. Uh, so <laughs> that's the end of the movie. I it like 
there was a lot of hype surrounding this movie when it came out, Tony. Like, especially, it, I don't know if you remember all the trailers. Like, there was a ton of, like, three trailers where Stitch showed up in other Disney movies. Oh, yeah. Where, like, I remember in Beauty that. and the Beast, um, the, the, the ballroom scene, Stitch, like, crawls onto the ceiling and drops the chandelier. Um, <laughs> or, like, Stitch is riding on the, the magic carpet with Aladdin and uh, Jasmine. And like I steals remember Jasmine. This. Yes, I totally forgot about it until you just started saying it. Yeah. So like there's a lot of hype surrounding this movie. Um and I think that it's it's deserving of that. It is it, I think that was sort of their way of saying like this is us trying to get back to the Disney Renaissance. Getting back well, to those so amazing movies. This is two thousand. Like right. most people call the end of of the Disney, Disney Ren- Renaissance 1999 and Tarzan, right? Right. This is like, I actually would argue that Lilo and Stitch is like, we've done so many Broadway play style movies that we want to do something different. And right. we're like, and this is making fun of ourselves so much. Like, like Lilo and no, Stitch, Stitch came is out so in 2002. Much outside. Mm-hmm. Stitch came out in 2002. Oh, 2002. So, like, but yeah, but in any case, like, they're making fun of, like, their old movies. Like, they're making fun of themselves a lot in Lilo yeah. and Stitch. Well, and it's, um, it's also, I think, didn't Emperor's New Groove come out in 2001? Or 2000, yeah, something I like think that. one of those, yeah. So, like, we, we've got, like, a couple of back-to-back movies that kind of are, are pushing into the Disney renaissance a little bit. That these are, like, amazing movies that aren't musicals, but they're still sort of, like edging into that amazing like lineup of movies that we call the disney renaissance um yeah where they're not the same kind of thing and that's why we don't call them that right but, like they are still incredible movies still yeah. incredibly well written was 2000 so 2000 yeah so like and so a lot of those movies were being made at the same time as yeah. like some of those later Disney Renaissance movies were coming out because, like, it took it takes like four or five years to make. Well, yeah, Emperor's films. New Groove took like five. Yeah, so like these movies are are being made while the, these older movies are coming out. So, right. yeah, you can kind of see uh, some of the influence there. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I want to say thank you again to Judith for joining us. That was a, a pretty great conversation. Um, I want to say thank you to Yowza. Oh, hey. We didn't do Yowza's Log. Hey, Yowza, do you have anything to say? Hello and welcome to Yowza's Log, yard date 20. I've determined that the reason they won't let me back on the porch is that I'm piss-poured interviews. So, I need to practice. Unfortunately, there's no one else who lives out in the yard, except for my log, of course. So, welcome to the log, Onto the program, everybody. Yeah, it is nice to be here. So, so Log, tell us a little bit about about yourself. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Well, thanks. I'm really glad to have you on. Now, you've been decomposing here for a while now. Is that correct? Oh, sure. Yeah. That's, uh... <laughs> No, <laughs> that's... Oh, um... Hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. They are assholes. Wow, thank you, Log. That was an incredibly long answer, but wow. Um, and that's actually all the time we have on this segment, so thank you, Log, for coming on, and uh, Tony and Josh, keep looking out. I'm coming for you. Great. Thank you, Yowza. Log! Yeah, Yowza's Log. Sorry we forgot about you. Uh, thank you to Yowza. <laughs> He's on Twitter, at CTYowza. Um, it's, it's hard to remember him, Tony. He's so far out there. I'm like, I, sometimes I don't even look off the porch while we're doing this. <laughs> we get, we get so into it. I can't even focus on anything off of this porch. Nothing off of this porch matters. Um, <laughs> so thanks to Yowza. Thanks to Judith. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Front Porch Disney. You can find me at Front Porch Josh. You can find me at Frontport. <laughs> Rewind that uh, a little bit. I actually checked my Twitter for the first time in like months. Uh, you can find me at Frontport Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, use the hashtag Frontport Talks on uh, Twitter and Instagram, and we will make sure that you are talked about in the next episode. We use that hashtag for things where, like, if we didn't talk about something or if you have something interesting to add to the conversation or even if you just want to say hi, by all means, use that hashtag Front Porch Talks and uh, we will talk about you in the next show and sort of go off of what you had to say. We also are coming up on the end of the season. Season two is coming to a close. We have got a couple of really interesting episodes coming up here. Tony, you want to tell them a little bit about it? I sure do. Coming up very next is uh, our one-year anniversary. And then we have a shorts episode, and then we're finishing with Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Uh, so three episodes left in the season. It's going to be really exciting. Our, our one-year anniversary is going to be Extremely Goofy Movie. That's uh, the next episode coming out on April 4th. That one's going to be really exciting. The one after that, as Tony said, is our shorts episode. We're going to be joined by a lot of guests breaking off into three groups. Uh, my group, Tony's group, and Yaza's group. It's like five guests, and we're going to just be talking about different Disney shorts. It's going to be a great time. And then the w two weeks following that, I believe it's May 2nd, is our finale. That's going to be Beauty and the Beast, where we're joined by Heidi Yao, Cameron Yao's wife. That's going to be a really good time. So don't miss those. They're going to be a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, so with that... Uh, Did you want to talk about the episodes that people should look look for you on? Oh, yeah. I'm going to be on a couple of different shows coming up here in the next few weeks. I'm, I'm going to be guesting on I, two, two shows in the next uh, month or so. One of them is called Amateur Detective Club. Uh, I don't know the exact date that that one comes out. I'll say it in the next episode. But I'm going to be on that show talking about Great Mouse Detective. And then two weeks after that, I believe I'm going to be on a show called You're Going to Hate This. It's about a, a girl and her friend. The girl was like really sheltered as a kid. And uh, now she's watching movies that she was never allowed to watch. And so um, they talk about shows, uh, talk about movies and things that they go and watch. And we're going to be watching Sky High which is really fun, 2000s kind of movie that maybe she hasn't seen before. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm also going to be on another one where I'm going to be talking about uh, Disney scores, musical scores. 
that's coming up. I'll give you more details on that one as we approach, though. Uh, so with that, make sure you check out those other shows. I'll give you firm dates in the next episode. But uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up, coming up on the end of the season. And uh, I hope that you guys go review and rate and subscribe on iTunes. And that really helps us out in terms of growing and, and helping to get our podcast out there. I don't know, Tony, did I show you this? We've got like something like 1,400 listens in since we started. Way to go. Yeah. I hope we can get to, to like 1,500 by our, our anniversary. That'd be a good number. I think that would be really cool. So with that, go ahead and tell your friends. Go, Everybody go share this. If we can get up to like 1,500, 1,600, that would be amazing. So thank you guys so much for listening. Tony, why don't you sing us out? Riding high on a Hawaiian roller coaster ride. Oh, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.